Welcome to the Anonymous Andrew Podcast. Life and the choices we make. The choices other people make. Why we choose to ignore the red flags. Red flags like gaslighting, cheating, addiction, mental illness, and much more. What role do they play in relationships? Follow me each week as we discuss these topics with anonymous guests and experts to hopefully become better humans, resulting in better choices. Like I say, been there, still doing that. Now on to the show. Anonymous Andrew back with you once again. And today I have a very different um, type of guest I really enjoyed speaking to this gentleman. Um, just finished recording with him. And um, I'm speechless. He's His name is Peace Buffalo. And uh, everything from his appearance, which of course you, you're not going to be able to see unless you go to his website, to the, the, the way he speaks and the way he presents um, his his comments and his uh, approach to he's a relationship coach and uh, we were able to chat a little bit before we started recording and he knows my story and I truly and I say this about every guest but I really wish I had him around a year and a half ago um, I would have could have really used some of the advice that he offered me down to how to talk to somebody that's doing something that you're not comfortable with. If you're in a relationship and your partner is doing something that you're just not comfortable with, in, in, in my upbringing, there was a black and white way of handling it. And Peace just explained to me a, a, another whole different take on how to approach a subject matter that um, you're not comfortable with and I often talk about when I did that with her she broke right through the boundary she like I would try to establish a boundary and she broke right through it and peace told me how to handle that and I did not know I didn't even think of that um, and, and I wish I had known that back then. I don't know if it would, it would have changed the outcome of the relationship. I think it probably would have ended anyway because of what she was doing. But it maybe would have saved me a year of anxiety and grief and, and everything I went through. So anyway, I now present to you my interview with Peace Buffalo. Enjoy the episode and I will talk to you on the other side. Hello everybody, Anonymous Andrew back with you again today. And today I have an interesting guest and I am really excited to hear um, his story and, uh, and introduce you to Peace buffalo hello peace buffalo hi andrew it's really great to be here it's it's been nice chatting back and forth in an email getting to know you and and uh you know hearing your story and frankly just the the personal growth that you've been going through because i think we're in a time where we we all have the opportunity 
to be digging into our own stuff, our own mistakes, our own um, addictions, our own inadequacies, and really like come through it in a stronger way, in a, in a way that doesn't uh, kind of overpower us with fear. And so I, I admire the steps that you've been taking and, you know, they parallel my own. Yeah, well, I, I, I deep, well, first of all, let me tell the audience that you are an author, you have several books published, and you're working on a new book. And you're also a relationship coach. So I just wanted to get that out there. So they know Thanks. your credentials. Yeah. Um, so peace, tell me, um, I guess about how you got to where you are today. And, and I know you have some stories that you could share and tell us how you help people. Are you, do you work primarily with men or couples or? I work with both, both men and women. I, I actually think of it as, as pansexual, right? Because it's not just men and women anymore. We correct know that people um, identify in, in any All across the world. On the, yeah. on the uh, gender identity spectrum and so i you know support i welcome all races and creeds and um gender preferences gender identities um i was born in the portland area i've grown up you know completely uh, lower middle income and i have um taken a lot of like traditional education really wasn't for me and so when i realized that not everybody follows the same path. There's an old quote by uh, Scott Peck about, you know, the road less traveled. And yes. so I decided like I was going to make my life about learning the heart and really understanding how, how we humans tick and what, um, what, what produced more joy and more pleasure and more um, satisfaction in life as opposed to, how many of us run on this rat race, the the hamster wheel? Of the life. hamster wheel, and you know, and we and we never manage to to keep up. We can't keep up with the expectations the society no. throwing at us. And um, it's it's one of those things that I, when I hear stories like yours, I you know I hear about things and and it ties into my practice about uh, you know how do we make and set boundaries? How do we step in and communicate and say, hey, I, there's something that's not feeling good to me. Is there a time that would be comfortable for us to sit down and talk about things that are heavy? I don't want to sit and do it. And, you know, when we're driving to dinner, I want us, I want to have some dedicated time and talk about what my concerns are. And, and really, Andrew, this ties into the power of, you've probably heard Brene Brown talk about this, the power of vulnerability. Mm. Like, when I say, this is not, I'm not comfortable with this. I'm afraid that, you know, you're ready to leave me, or I'm, I'm afraid that I'm just not important in your life anymore. It takes a whole huge weight off because no longer am I dancing around what it is that's really going on inside of me. I'm walking on eggshells. Totally. Yeah. I just put yeah. it out there because that's what's really going on. And I would, so I've learned Time and time again, I would so much rather be authentic with somebody that I that I care about. Actually, frankly, I'd rather be authentic with with everybody, not just those that are close to me. I, I feel like being vulnerable is a model for others to 
to feel safe being vulnerable as well. And that makes be, be, yeah. And peace. I, I 100% agree with everything you just said. And I do do that. I, 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 not to be repetitive to you or the audience, but when I confronted my ex on numerous occasions, they weren't, they weren't aggressively confrontational. They weren't, they, I, I sat her down and I said, I don't, I think what you're doing is inappropriate or I, you know, it, I tried to basically tried to establish a boundary and, and put up what I thought were, were, were acceptable boundaries and she didn't like them. And, and so how do you establish a boundary or do like what you're talking about when the other person will not, I, I recognize will not, or break through those boundaries. And, and I, I, some might say, well, then that, then you know that person's not for you and you get up and you walk away or you say, this isn't for me. In my case, I wasn't strong enough to do that. I felt that if I did leave this woman, I'd never find her because she she was very good at, at, at you talked about Vortex before. She sucked me into her her world of, of charm and she was beautiful. And, and, and the first six to eight months was that love bombing and trauma bonding and, and I fell for it. And then came the reality of what she was doing and at least what I confronted her with. I couldn't walk away, but I, but I didn't, I wasn't comfortable staying either. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like the, the way that we grew up, there was like the right way and the wrong way. It was, it's, there's always, it's a binary choice, right? It's, it's either male or female, it's right or wrong, left or right. And yet I think the world is so, uh, you know, such a spectrum of color. And I I have I've been in the situation that you describe. And so I I know from firsthand experience that when I say, here's something that's not working for me, not like this is what you should have done, but just as a as an example of something that I've through painful experience realized is is a, another option that we're never taught. And that is to say, like, I want to have, this is my vision of our relationship. If you're not willing to um, meet me with this boundary, then I'm willing to change it. I'm willing to do something different. Like maybe we're not, um, you know, we talked about exclusivity. Maybe we're no longer exclusive. You know, you, you do your thing, I do my thing. And we we still see each other once in a while and we figure out is it something that we each miss right so we kind of dial it down to figure out is it uh it, so it's not like a breaking cold turkey it's a let's take some time apart and have some uh kind of breathing room and reset the the parameters of what our agreement is right if there's something about you know, maybe there's children involved. There's there's lots of other considerations, but I know that for myself, there have been times that I've walked away. There, I I too was was married and had somebody else walk away from me, and uh, you know, did my best to um, heal those 
those complaints. It wasn't meant to be. And frankly, I'm a lot better off for it. Oh, and, and I think I'm better off for it today too. But seven months ago, I didn't feel that way. But of course, the the time and the healing and this podcast and, and talking about it and being vulnerable about it and sharing my mistakes. I love the way you just expressed that. Um, and we tried that. But here's the problem. If you confront somebody and say, okay, I think that you're you're not being monogamous. So if that's the way you want this relationship to go, and then I'll so then yes, let's take a step back and you do your thing and I'll do my thing. There's two I had per, my two thoughts that came to my mind was that I'm not like that. So unfortunately, mm -hmm. uh, or or not, I'm traditional. If I'm in love with you, I'm monogamous. But take that aside for a second. She would have had to admit that she was doing that in order to say, oh, okay, then let, I'll continue to do that. And then you go do your thing. I might've been okay with that, but she didn't admit, she denied it. So how do you handle that? Because I, I might've been okay with that. If she said, I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing, which was escorting, and I'll go see other women in, in a different capacity, whatever that might look like. Mm -hmm. I, as a matter of fact, we about 18 months into the relationship, we did take a time. We took a month off. We no contact for one month to see if we could really if we were really codependent and no contact. And at the end of that month, we got back together again. And 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 nothing changed. Nothing had changed. Uh, she continued doing what she was doing. So that didn't even work. Um, I mean, I like your approach. I, I think it's a very modern way and, and or not even modern, a realistic way of working out that problem. But it takes two people to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't by any means think that these are simple or, you know, that they work for everybody. They're yeah. ideas to explore because um, we don't have a lot of models of how to do kind of the the gray, right? It's like we, we have the model of being together, like you said, codependent, like all in 110%, no separation. And, and then one party or the other tends to feel suffocated. Yeah. Versus the other, which is, okay, if we're not together, we're apart. And so that was the idea. The The other thing that came to my mind, Andrew, is, as you were talking, is just the value of having, in fact, I have a um, kind of an acronym that follows my, my name, peace. So it's P for passion, E for envy, we'll talk about that, A for addiction, C for choice, and D for enthusiastic consent. And so the the thing I was uh, wanting to bring up was this idea of passion, that when I'm in a situation, and I think this is where you were as well, it, I might have been wrong, but um, it was sort of a a clinginess, a neediness of, of being with this other person. And what happens is we get so, um, so focused on that other person that we forget all the other things that bring us passion in life. Yeah. So like, you know, what I found is the importance of men's groups 
where I have brothers that I can drum with and cry with and laugh with and not feel like everything is waiting for one particular person. You talked about 12-step groups. That's another great place to go and, and feel connection. Yeah. Um, and and I I put it in the category of passion because I'm passionate about human connection. I, I absolutely agree with you. And I think what I, my mistake, one of many of my mistakes was that I put her on a pedestal. Um, she, she was, I, I have said this before, she was a Miss Universe runner up in the country she was from. She just stunningly beautiful. And, and not to say that my previous wives or girlfriends weren't beautiful, but this one was at my age to find somebody as beautiful. I mean, it's, I know it's, it's vain and shallow to think that way, but I thought the whole package was beautiful and yeah. I was afraid to lose that. I, but it comes down to, I think, self-respect and, and dignity and self-love. And I was afraid that if she decided that we shouldn't be together anymore, that my life would be meaningless after that. And that's how I, the victim mentality. And so how, let's say there's somebody listening that's in my shoes, that they're with somebody and they're idolizing them, yeah. but it's not being re returned. They they need to, they really need to walk away because they're, they're only going to get hurt. And in the end, I got hurt. And, and, um, how do we find that strength at that time when we know that this person is not on the same on the same page as you are? Yeah, I think there's a lot a lot to what you're saying. The um, the thing that I wanted to go back to was something that you mentioned about how she was a <clears throat> a beauty pageant queen, right? And and I think. It, it felt to me like you had entangled her persona with the beauty. And then you, you like somehow realized or not realized you feared I'm never going to get somebody as beautiful. And, and the thing, I think, I think that is a, um, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a trance state because I've had a lot of, um, in the dating world, I've had a lot of um, people say to me, like, oh, you have a beautiful smile. I don't even really want to hear about a beautiful smile because I know that, you know, beauty is, is skin deep. Skin like, deep. They're going to get tired of me. And so what matters is what's inside. And so when I hear, you know, if we, if we kind of thread, uh, thread this apart and realize, wait a minute. There were things that were she was doing and saying that weren't adding up. If you take away the beauty part of it, take away the like, look at who look at who I am because I'm with somebody so beautiful, and then you're left with, you know, actually she's manipulating me. Mm -hmm. That's the place where I think we can get to, you know, kind of a calm. Hey, I'm gonna go away for the weekend and think about this, and come back and say, you know what, I had a little bit of room. I'm good just walking away. And maybe it's exactly what you mentioned you did, the one month um break. Separation, yeah. But I don't know. I don't 
it doesn't sound like much changed in that. And I think that's where the active work really comes down to, whether it's working with a relationship coach, whether it's, you know, reading um, something that is, you know, maybe it's uh, something about Brene Brown and being being vulnerable. Maybe there's, um, you know, something you talked about. Uh, oh, there was an author that you mentioned. I can't remember. But the the idea is like getting into study of our own heart and and then realizing, wait a minute, this is costing me just about as much as it's gaining me. That's not a win, no. right? That's I'm not I'm not suggesting that relationships are perfect. I'm saying that when we work through it, that we both need to feel better and more comfortable, more safe in the relationship. And if we don't, then we're not actually moving ahead. That we're not building that those kind of relationship fibers that keep us um, moving in the same direction. They they keep undermining where where we're trying to go. I think, and this is just either naivety on my part. Um, while coaching has been around for I guess now maybe a decade or two, it's it's starting to really become part of the mainstream today. In my world and growing up, and my father was a medical doctor and I was um, living with bipolar disorder. I saw psychiatrists when I was young and I and I was in therapy my whole life. So for me, when it was time that I felt that there was something out of alignment, I would go to a therapist. So I mm -hmm. took her to my therapist who happened to be a psychiatric nurse practitioner but was trained in traditional Western philosophy. I think what I needed was a coach, a life coach with modern values like yourself with, with, I'd love the way you, you, you phrase that to sit her down and say what you're doing is I'm not comfortable with. And in other words, explain it. And, and if she said, whether she denied it or not, I could have, she she was willing to go to my therapist. So I took her to my therapist who said, she's got a lot of trauma from her childhood. She needs to go to a trauma therapist. So she went to a trauma therapist for three months, ended up quitting the therapist because I think they were unpeeling the onion and she they got down to the, the childhood trauma and she didn't want to deal with it. But I think maybe a life coach or a relationship coach would have been a better route. And unfortunately, I, I this is going to sound very silly to a lot of people, but I didn't know about coaches like you. And, and I've had some coaches on the show until I had the podcast. <laughs> so um, uh, maybe if I use Google to type in relationship help, some coaches would have come up, but I just instinctively went to my, my, ther my therapist that I was seeing. Um, and and she, that was, that was a reasonable approach. I, I don't yeah. think there was anything wrong with that. I think it just, it sounds like it just wasn't the right fit. And especially because she went off on her own to do therapy and then really didn't want to dig into the, she the deep issues. Right. No, and that, no. I think that's the part, Andrew, where like when you, you said you liked the idea of sitting down with the other, in my experience in, in like the many modalities of, um, relationship work that I've done, I can't control the other person. I cannot say you need to do something different. I can say, this is what I'm comfortable with. This is what I'm not comfortable with. 
This is where I feel good about our relationship. This is what I'm afraid of, right? And and when you do X, Y, Z, or you say A, B, C, this is what I'm left with. This is what I start to imagine. You know, I'm hallucinating. I'm fantasizing that like you're getting ready to leave me or you don't really value me. And then the other person, you know, I can say what would help me in that situation is to hear that you value me for you to tell me three things that that I've done that have impacted your life so that I'm not left with a vacuum of you're getting ready to leave me, but rather, oh, you know, there's there's a time, a kind of a tipping point when it could go either way. And if you care about the relationship, you can yeah. lean in. Yeah. Okay. I, I've said this a dozen times on the podcast. Where were you two and a half years ago when I needed you? <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm meeting all these great coaches now, and I, I could have used this kind of advice. But this is why I started the podcast is to I I went through this. I'm on the other end of it. I'm, I survived it and I'm I'm actually thriving. I'm doing much better. But there are people out there that are not. And yeah. and and hopefully I'm getting the message out there. Do you want to tell us about your the book that you're currently working on? Well, I've I've got I've got two that I'm working on. One is uh, a co-authoring a book on um, pleasure, sex and pleasure. Okay. And then I'm um, writing my own book on um, really telling a story from um, a previous partner's perspective on how much it changed her life, the safety that um, she felt in our relationship, what what I did to bring about her kind of trusting men again. Um, it had to do, it didn't, so this book tentatively um, called 3.3 Percenter, it speaks to the notion that one in 30 men are decent lovers. And I feel like a rallying call to help men get a clue, not to uh, really to, to question everything they were taught about how to have sex like in a manipulative selfish um uh you know strictly piv way but but really to look at it as mutual nurturing and caretaking and so you know you talk about uh, a monogamous relationship whether it's monogamous or whether it's polyamorous the whole idea is if two people are are in intimate relationship than to come to uh, an agreement about what does that mean? And there, there's a huge power in agreements, right? Unless unless we get married and have kind of the standard rules about, um, you know, all of our finances are together, you know, we do everything together. Once we get into the realm of we're just two people, what kind of agreements do we want to have with one another? then we build trust around those agreements and that that's where boundaries come in as well okay i and i i love your uh, concept of, of the book you have a lot of competition out there though because in in today's culture um, and i'm not familiar with this at all but i've been hearing it over and over and over again is the red pill movement you probably have heard about it 
Um, I, I believe it's coming to an end. That's what I'm hearing. But that that right there is a, it hurts young men today because it's teaching young men that um, I, I'm not I'm not even sure the hundred percent about what the red pill movement is about. But I know it's about taking revenge on women or being anti-woman. And that's just horrible. And then, of course, you have Instagram and Facebook and, and TikTok with all these influencers and telling young people how they should treat. And then, of course, you have pornography, which is teaching men how to have sex, which is just wrong. Um, well, you're, you're bringing up a whole, a whole uh, spectrum. I mean, there's yeah. like we can kind of go backward from what you're just talking about. So in the realm of pornography it's easy to kind of bracket and say, you know, porn is porn. But truthfully, porn has changed from the time that you and I were young. Yeah. Like it it was easy to grow up and have like a Playboy magazine under the bed. Right. Well, you know, fast forward into the internet age and you can see anything on online. Most of most of what older porn was was very um oppressive mm. toward women. Um, yeah, it was. They were not they were not paid well. You know, guys with big dicks were like, you know, celebrated, and and you fast forward to now, there's a lot of porn that is user generated. Like, you know, just two yeah. people who say, "Hey, let's make, let's do something on yeah. our own." There wasn't anybody paid. They just did it out of like wanting to show off or wanting to have fun, and then they post it to you know, one of these hub sites. Right. Um, and, and then there's, you know, kind of going on the spectrum. Now there's actually really cool sites that are made by women. Yeah, I've been hearing about that. Very, um, you know, egalitarian. Like everybody gets paid the same amount. Um, it's not uh, taking advantage of anybody. It's celebrating sexuality and pleasure. So I've I've started to realize that you know, it's it's important to distinguish what kind of porn people are talking about. And then the other thing you were talking about is, um, you know, the red pill movement. And I feel, I personally feel like that sort of grew out of, there were like 10 or 20 years where the big thing was, um, I'm blanking on the name, but it's like, it's like a seduction kind of, um, uh, <laughs> I'm blanking on the name. It's, it's, it, it had to do with um, really figuring out using using certain coded language and um, seducing women. Um, it's, it's not PMA, but there's another term for. Um, well, I'm sure I'll think of it after we're done, and I'll I'll email it to you. There's but, uh, there's a term I heard recently called ethical porn. Have you heard of that term? Eth ethical porn is in that category that I was mentioning like made by women there's there's okay. porn made by by guys as well what i was getting at is really like this notion of um uh, using certain language to get women to feel badly about themselves and then to be more endearing and that tied in with your red pill movement and, and that's really not something that i'm into at all i think i'm at the other end oh, of the yeah. spectrum and really um I, you know when i when i'm out dating I say to women, I'm really only interested in sex if it's good for both of us. It's yeah. not something like I'm not racing to have sex with anybody. I want to have a, a quality relationship. I want to have intimacy. And then the sex is really 
amazing. Amazing. So that's that's you know kind of what I work on and teach. I'm uh, appreciative of your uh, of your letting me kind of help, giving me a little people into your world, and and I appreciate uh, me getting to share a little people into my world as well. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, yeah no, I, just, just just as a disclaimer, I I. I'm I'm not in I used to be into porn, the porn you spoke about, but I've just completely gone away from that. Yeah. Uh, and this whole red pill thing is just something I don't even understand. But I, I think it started many years ago and, and I'm hearing through social media and other podcasts that it's coming to an end, that these these influencers that started it are starting to get a lot of backlash. So they hopefully it'll be gone shortly. But um okay, so you're you're this book that you're working on uh, is on sexuality and it's it, it what's your target audience it's uh, everybody yeah, so yeah actually um my co-author partner is is uh focused on a book on masturbation and how to use um tools toys mm -hmm. and um and i'm writing the partner guide on how to how to pleasure um, a woman, how to pleasure a vulva owner, um, whether you know whether that's a male or a female, um, but how to um, bring pleasure about in another. And so it's it's uh, called the Fairy Godmother's Guide, and mm -hmm. uh, it's it's the most playful, powerfully deep book that I've ever been involved in, and so I'm excited about it. People can find out about it at buffaloweisfeld.com and you can put that in the, the show yep. notes um uh, they're well. also being linked from peacebuffalo.com so um people when do you when when is your release we're, date you're looking for we're looking we're looking at third quarter so it's it's coming up in the few next few months oh that's great that's yeah. great yeah thanks for letting me mention yeah. that i would love to read that yeah um you know what maybe i i had this thought the other day maybe maybe when you um, release it, we'll have you come back, and uh, maybe I'll do a giveaway. I'll buy the book and I'll, I'll we'll, we'll do a contest and I'll give away to one of my listeners or something. Um, yeah, that'd be yeah. great. So, uh, I know there, it's I, late there. I appreciate the the time, and I think we I think we went all the way around in a circle, and it's it's a good way to to wrap you, up. You gave me you gave me a lot to think about. So, um, yeah. and and uh, yeah, I need. I, I'm going to have to listen to this and absorb it. But but you gave me some interesting insight that I have not heard of before about how to approach some of the issues that I was that I was facing in the past three years, and I, I just wish I knew some of these tips, not tips and tricks, but. Uh, approaches that i just yeah. because I, i'm i come from a completely traditional background and unfortunately that's in my dna and and but i'm but i'm an open-minded person and i wish i had had the resources that people have today so i mean they're there but i just didn't reach out to them so peace thank you for joining me today and uh, I, really I, nice. we'll stay in touch and yeah. um are you on facebook yeah, actually, I can also send you my my LinkedIn. Well. Yes, yeah, send me send me all of that, and I'll put all that in the show notes, and we'll stay in touch. And when the book comes out, I would love to have you back. We'll talk about it. That's good. All right, peace. Thank you for joining me.
as usual. Wow. W-O-W. Wow. I hope you enjoyed that and was able to take away from it. Uh, I, I definitely learned some things there that I just had no idea existed in terms of communication with your partner. Speaking of communication, I'd like to communicate a few things with you. Please, please take a few minutes and leave me a review. And I'm also going to ask you to do one more thing now is if you're a podcast, and I think they all do this, you can subscribe to my podcast or follow it. I don't know which platform you have, but it'll either be a subscribe or follow. I need more followers and subscribers. And I'm thinking of doing down the road. I'll be doing a... Um, a paid subscription we're talking many many months if not a year down the road but if you subscribe now and follow me now you'll be grandfathered in so you will not have to pay for the subscription down the road so please uh, I think there's three little dots somewhere on your platform just click on that and hit subscribe or follow this podcast and leave a review if you can it would greatly appreciate it thank you for listening everybody and as always if it feels good, do it. And if you have to make a choice, please, please choose wisely. Until next time, ciao.